Doctor Strange reminds me of this one night stand I had with a proctologist. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Welcome to Screen Fix. This is the show where we will fix a recent film. I am host JC with me tonight, co-hosting. It is my the Geek Fluent Girl. Say hi to everybody. Hey everybody. And with us, oh my god, this is Pod Royalty. Pod icon. It is sex icon. I don't know why he still comes here. He is in another stratosphere of podcasting. It is David Rosen of piecing it together and of music scores and producer of so many other things. He is here gracing us. My nipples can hardly stand it. Say hi to everybody. Sex icon and maybe a different multiverse. I don't know. Ah! <laughs> Thanks for having me back. <laughs> You're very welcome. Oh my gosh. So yeah. Wow. You just like went right in with the multiverse stuff and you know <laughs> that we are fixing the sequel to WandaVision. <laughs> Some people say it might as well be, but the movie that we are here fixing the 28th MCU film. This one in the timeline takes place right after Spider-Man No Way Home and also after WandaVision, the Disney Plus show. It is Cumberbatch. Women like him. Men wish they were him. People want to get strange with him. <laughs> we must be talking about Doctor Strange in the multi in the in the multitudes. I'm sorry. <clears throat> Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness. Is that correct? I think you got it. Yeah. Every night I dream the same dream. This film kind of began its journey right while this pandemic stuff was going on. A lot of delays. There's a lot of story with it. Let's just dive right into it really, really quickly. So this movie, of course, was directed by Sam Raimi, whose 1981 film The Evil Dead is a horror classic and launched his and Bruce Campbell's careers after it somehow screened at Cannes and got a rave review from Stephen King. He loved it. And of course, Sam Raimi, no stranger to superheroes either. He directed the original Tobey Maguire trilogy, successful, but he is responsible for now take on this <laughs> everyone's favorite spider-man scene are you a, a sam raimi film fan i'll go ahead and let guest david rosen go first well only so much as in evil dead 2 and army of darkness are literally in my top 10 favorite films of all time evil dead 2 is in my top three Whoa. uh and i love the original as well and love plenty of other sam raimi he, he's amazing so you love when he went full-on into horror comedy with evil dead 2 mm -hmm. bruce campbell allowed his physical humor to just explode like 
like when his his hand gets possessed. Amazing. And there was a, a callback to that in this film. Yep. And I was one of the only people in the theater cheering. Yes. <laughs> of course, the second one, the famous one with the chainsaw, and he configures the chainsaw to his severed hand. And yeah. of course, when he puts it on, he says, Groovy. Oh, yeah. Basically cementing the legend of Bruce Campbell. Mm-hmm. Sam Raimi fan, geek fluent girl, are you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially Army of Darkness. Best Ooh. line, this is my boomstick. <laughs> Yeah. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. It's a 12 gauge double barreled Remington, S Mart's top of the line. You can find this in the sporting goods department. That's right, this sweet baby was made in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Retails for about $109.95. It's got a walnut stock, cobalt blue steel, and a hair trigger. That's right. Shop smart. Shop S smart. You got that? <laughs> I saw Army of Darkness in the theater with this uh, step uncle. That's not even my step uncle anymore. I chose the movie. It was the last time he ever babysat me. So um, <laughs> good story. Raimi, do you love his Spider-Man trilogy, David Rosen, from Piecing It Together Pod? I like his Spider-Man trilogy. I haven't seen them since they came out, though. I know a lot of people love rewatching those movies. Every time a clip shows up on Twitter, I, I stop and watch, and I'm like, hell yeah, this rules. But, you know, I've yeah. never actually gone back and rewatched them. Yeah. Spider-Man 2, widely considered one of the best yeah. superhero films of all time. If you go back and watch it, it is great. There is that very famous train sequence. Yeah. He's just a kid, and the New Yorkers are sticking up for him. Mm -hmm. You want to get to him, you got to go through me. And me. Me too. You mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. New York <laughs> City, yeah. So yeah, this movie was written by Michael Waldron, who in 2014 was an intern for Rick and Morty during its first season. And then he was hired by Dan Harmon to be part of the staff of Community for its fifth season. Then he did some writing for a Stars series, and he was producing a YouTube Red series called Good Game. Then somehow with that resume, which seems not that impressive, he was hired to be the head writer and executive producer on Loki. On the Disney Plus series, Loki. So I'm curious, how do we feel about the Disney Plus series, Loki? My, the Geek Fluent Girl. I mean, it's honestly it's one of the best ones that have come out. And also, too, I mean, not to get too much into it, but obviously it's like the Disney Plus series. is like you have to have watched WandaVision. I feel like one critic was like, you have to have such a knowledge of Marvel comic universe just to understand this movie. And I'm like, yeah, this movie wasn't for you. It's true. They gloss right over everything that she did at Westview. I actually found that a little bit awkward, how at the end of WandaVision, she was remorseful about what she did, why she's suddenly this terrible villain again. They explain it, oh, the Darkhold is corrupting her. And it's just one line, blink and you miss it. That's it. That's the only explanation we really get for why she's suddenly an evil witch. It kind of was a logic jump to me. But <laughs> do you watch the Disney Plus series? Did you like Loki, David Rosen, or are you just far too busy with all of your projects? I was going to say, uh, spoiler alert for one of my fixes later. But yeah, this is going to come up uh, later. I haven't watched any of the Disney Plus series. So, so were you lost? 
not really only because of Twitter and because people just are constantly <laughs> spoiling everything on there. So yeah, yeah, I, I basically knew at least the you know the broad strokes of of what happened on the show. So gotcha. I wasn't completely lost, but I can't even imagine if you were just somebody just walking into the theater and watching this movie. Like I can't imagine if you were someone who just watched Doctor Strange one, right? Yeah, yeah. and you walked in this movie, you'd be like, "What the he- the hell happened between Strange one and this?" Like what? <laughs> So yeah, he wrote Loki and side note, he actually has been hired to write the screenplay for Kevin Feige's untitled Star Wars movie. Oh, wow. So the writer of this movie, which I kind of find a, a massive mess, has been hired to write the next Star Wars film, a franchise that's already a massive mess. Sounds like so, a perfect fit. Yeah. <laughs> <He> sounds fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, originally uh, Scott Derrickson was supposed to come back and helm this movie. He was actually signed on to return as a director in 2018. They announced the title of the film in 2019 and said, okay, it's going to have Elizabeth Olsen in it. But Derrickson stepped down in January 2020. He said that there were creative differences there. The co-writer of Doctor Strange 1, C. Robert Cargill, said that... Marvel Studios felt some of the initial ideas for the first film from him were a little too bizarre, and they were told to hold those ideas for potential future films, and Derrickson said, cool, I want to do that stuff. I want to include the villain Nightmare, and he wanted it to be a very scary gothic horror. Going along with that, later on, Marvel Studios production and development manager Richie Palmer said that the film would explore, quote, each definition of the word madness and the idea that, quote, the scariest monsters are the ones that dwell within us. Which sounds mm. way deeper than what we really got. <laughs> then Feige came out and said, yeah, it's not going to be a horror film. It will be, quote, a big MCU film with some scary sequences and said that it's going to be more akin to Raiders of the Lost Ark, Gremlins, and Poltergeist. There's already, like, confusion about just what exactly this is going to be, it seems like, right from the jump. So yeah, so Derrickson announced that he was no longer going to direct this thing, and Sam Raimi jumped in a month later. You know, uh, when a couple breaks up and one of them is in a relationship a month later, not always a little bit fishy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And this thing happened like overnight, it seems like. Oh yeah, they're recording yeah. Sam Raimi for a bit. Yeah, somebody was meeting up for quote-unquote lunch with a friend, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So anyway, you're right, David Rosen, Podcast Royalty. It did happen really, really fast. And apparently Waldron only had three weeks to write this script, which he said was, quote, unquote, almost impossible. Raimi said he felt, quote, very rushed and panicked. And then COVID. Everything got pushed way back. Waldron was able to start writing the script from scratch. So this is definitely Waldron's movie. It's Waldron and Raimi's movie, totally. While writing his first draft, he felt he needed to, quote, get drunk and find the madness in the multiverse. <laughs> Did he do shots of absinthe? <laughs> right, exactly. It's said that that led to the introduction of the Illuminati. Also, Waldron said he had been watching the movie Aliens, you know, the 1986 James Cameron movie. And that's where he got the inspiration for all of the Illuminati getting slaughtered by Wanda because he said that he enjoyed that the quote badass space marines quote just got slaughtered game over man it's game over 
So we're equating Wanda now to the aliens. Yeah, people um, that are upset about uh, Wanda's handling in this, uh, that that's going to make it even worse, I think. Yeah. He's basically saying that she's the perfect weapon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She did everything except spout acid out of her mouth, right? Like, <laughs> she was frightening. So, yeah, he borrowed from movies. But, like, that's what the show Rick and Morty does, right? Black Bolt's mouth, gone. That's Matrix, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Community as well. There was always movie references, movie-themed episodes. There's always all kinds of stuff like that. So Waldron is no stranger to borrowing from films, you know, to good effect and uh, to bad effect. Perhaps even borrowing from some Sam Raimi movies, but uh, maybe that'll come up later. Perhaps even <laughs> borrowing from Raimi. <laughs> so the other thing that happened with, with this movie that I just want to touch on really quick was um, this movie was suddenly shifted to take place after Spider-Man No Way Home. So Waldron had written this whole script that was supposed to just, I believe he said, like, quote unquote, blow the lid off of the multiverse. But they did that in Spider-Man. So in this movie, he had to, like, course correct that and play it down because it was something that was already known. He said it, quote, had a knockdown effect on his script. But he was in contact with Chris McKenna and Eric Summers, who wrote No Way Home, who he had coincidentally worked on Community with. So there's a lot of people associated with Community in the MCU right now, which makes sense because of the Russos. So let's go ahead and talk about who is in this movie. Returning is Benedict Cumberbatch. Are we Benedict Cumberbatch fans? My the Geek Fluent Girl? Oh, yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch, would you like to be part of his batch? <laughs> <laughs> David Rosen, terrible segue. Good. He, he's he's all right. I I haven't like loved him in too much, but I I like him. I feel the same. I kind of find him bland. Number back. <laughs> I think he's perfect for this role. They really like lucked into a perfect Doctor Strange. You know, I don't particularly love him. He though. looks the part for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Did we like Sochi Gomez as America Chavez, the teenager who travels through star-shaped multiversal portals? David Rosen of Piecing It Together Pod. She's fine, but she just doesn't really get much to do. But she yeah. she does a good job, though. She's just like a, a living MacGuffin. Basically. <laughs> Sochi Gomez, did you enjoy her as America Chavez? How about like just America Chavez as a character? Did you enjoy it? My the Geek Fluent Girl? Yeah, but you know, honestly, when I saw the trailer, I was just thinking like a lot of her powers kind of reminded me of jubilee she she shoots sparks out of her hands like what what are we going with here stars exactly like yeah Yeah. but i thought she did a good job i mean she played that teen drama really well she also is kind of snotty at some times when it's appropriate which is what i imagine a teen would be if they were all alone just going through universe to universe so my girlfriend is from the uk and she saw this movie and said it was crazy confusing to constantly hear them say America? Is this the country? Is this, what's going on? I here? felt the and, same uh, way. I yeah. had no idea this was a real character, and like you know, like yeah. that it was like a character from the comics, and so yeah. I was like, "Wait, what's happening? Is that?" <laughs> I had no idea. Yes. There were lines that sounded like lines somebody would say about the country. What's going to happen uh, to America? Uh, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We can't kill America. Yeah. <laughs> it was hard to get into that name. I kept on waiting for them to just say, like, Chavez. I just, like, I was just mm-hmm. call her Miss Chavez or something. You know, mix it up, please. Yeah. So, yeah, Elizabeth Olsen, is she killing it as Wanda slash Scarlet Witch? David Rosen of Piecing It Together Pod? Absolutely. She kills it in everything she does. I I love Elizabeth Olsen. So do I. The younger sister of the Olsen twins. Kills it. Oh, yeah. Kills it. Geek Fluent Girl, Elizabeth Olsen, did you enjoy her? Yeah. 
I agree with with David too. It's like she always delivers. It's hard to remember that she comes out of that family because her yeah. maturity and her <laughs> experience is just. It's like, are you sure you're in this family? <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, like, I enjoy her as an actress, and I almost enjoy her even more when you see her in an interview or. I don't, she just seems like such a great person to hang out with. Um, I get most excited by um, cooking and eating. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then Thanos is like, give me the Infinity Gauntlet. And Scarlet Witch is like, I don't think so. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Tell me you did not just ruin the ending of Infinity War. No, because everyone dies. Ugh. Lizzie. I thought everyone knew that. Use the instant full cover concealer on top. And my color is beige. Because that's how bland I really am. All of the other <laughs> MCU actors call her Lizzie. <laughs> Hang out with Lizzie. So Lizzie Olsen. Chiwelty Ogiafor as who we find. Carl. They're surprised that his name's Carl. Carl Mordo. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about his character and his performance there? David Rosen, God of Potting. I, I like him as an actor. This character is kind of like that total MCU quippy thing. You know, it's it's fine. Yep. Yeah, he's just a side character that pops in for a second and has a couple jokes. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Geek fluent girl Benedict Wong, the Sorcerer Supreme. Wong is always amazing, but I love like too is like how they've tied him into so many movies, like just like he was in Shang Chi, where he basically is like open the portal and then he gets talked into doing karaoke at the end. So always a Wong fan. <laughs> I loved how he had like more of a heroic moment than he ever has. Yeah, like that was awesome. Rachel McAdams as Christine Palmer, the very shoehorned in love interest. How did you feel about her? My the geek fluent girl. You are right. It does seem like they just kind of shoved her in and they're like, this is something that he needs to work through his feelings. But I mean, Rachel McAdams is just amazing, like on her own. But I felt like they she just is. didn't really give her much of a role to work with. This movie and last movie, she's one of the most wasted yeah. actresses they've ever hired. Uh, the re well, here I'll I'll ask you, David. What did you think about her in this in this film? Yeah, the same thing. I mean, the the fact that they rest so much on this like uh, unrequited love story between Doctor Strange and her, and it's like, what? I don't even remember this character, you know. But she's she's yeah, great exactly. though. The actress, I love Rachel yeah. McAdams. They added that into this movie because this movie is barely a Doctor Strange movie. Right. Like, it's basically the story of Wanda chasing after America. <laughs> Strange is basically just operating as her bodyguard. They needed to add her because he's got nothing else going on. Yeah. So those are the characters. Just really quick, I want to know, did you like this movie just just really, really fast in a sentence or two, My The Geek Fluent Girl? Yeah, I really liked it, but I probably love people. I was like very confused the first time I saw it that I did see in 3D because that was the only way I could actually see it on the Thursday uh, release. Was it like packed? Was it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what did you think about it in 3D? Was it any good? I mean, the most epic scene is the music battle. That was great oh, in 3D. Nice. Oh, wow. But Did anybody else think that the music battle looked very Disney? You could take Doctor Strange out and insert Sorcerer's Apprentice Mickey. <laughs> Mickey be like... <laughs> from Fantasia, and it would be... It, it like wouldn't even seem weird. Interestingly, I felt that that scene was the perfect melding of Disney and Sam Raimi. Yeah. It was like when it all clicked, you know? Yeah. And so, well, yeah, I like that. That scene too, though, I feel like, I mean, everything in this movie is underbaked, but I saw it twice. It's like when he goes into that room, there's a piano, there's musical instruments all over the place. So you're like, oh, this Doctor Strange is musical. 
Mm -hmm. Right. And I thought it would have been great if maybe when he comes in that this Doctor Strange is like playing the organ or like something to do with the music. So you're not piecing together that this is some kind of musical strange through just clues in the, the room. So that way, when they start fighting with musical chords, it's not so like uh, what random. Yeah. Anyway, I'm already fixing. I'm way ahead of myself. <laughs> All right. So, uh, <laughs> David Rosen, did you like Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness? I did. It's a bit of a mixed bag, but um, there there's enough to really enjoy that. Yeah, I definitely liked it. Same. I think the movie is very sloppy and kind of haphazardly put together, but there are some scenes to remember. Like, I watched it twice, and I will probably watch this movie again. So, all three of us kind of liked yeah. it, even though we thought it was kind of a a mixed bag what did audiences think about it why don't you give us the fresh hot stats my the geek fluent girl all right so let's do the tomatoes so 75 percent the tomato meter for the critics and the audience score is 87 percent audiences love the mcu yeah so that's not too surprising to me but critics 75 i actually wonder where that lands if you were to rank them by their tomato score where that would live it's gotta be upper half at least i feel like it's more than Thor the Dark World. Eternals is pretty oh, low. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As it should be. <laughs> yeah. Most boring movie. I saw that movie twice, and I really wish I had not. <laughs> okay, Tomatoes, how about the uh, the grosses? All right, the weekend grosses. Domestic, 187 million. International. On opening yeah, weekend? Yeah, opening weekend. Cool. International was 262 million. Worldwide, 450 million. Well, the MCU is strong. Mm -hmm. Still very, very strong. All right. Before we just start fixing a movie, I'm going to go ahead and give an extremely quick plot summary from Movie Pooper. Movie Pooper, where they wipe away the excess. <laughs> so gross. Here, let me give you the one pinch summary. We are adults. Wanda has become corrupted due to her use of the Dark Hold, a powerful book containing spells for dark magic. Hoping to be reunited with her sons, Billy and Tommy, she attempts to kidnap teenager America Chavez, who possesses the ability to jump between any world and the multiverse. America teams up with Doctor Strange and Wong to stop Wanda, but after she destroys the Kamartage and kills several sorcerers, she keeps Wong captive while Strange and America end up in another universe. Strange and America are captured by the Earth 838 version of Baron Carl Mordo, who is part of the Illuminati made up of heroes from other universes, Captain Carter, Black Bolt, Captain Marvel, Reed Richards, and Professor X. They consider Strange to be the greater threat to the multiverse because the Strange of that universe was corrupted from using the Darkhold to defeat Thanos, leading to them having to kill him. Wanda uses the Darkhold to dreamwalk or enter the mind of her 838 variant to be with her sons, but she slaughters the Illuminati minus Mordo, who gets stuck in a little pit <laughs> while Doctor Strange parkours out of it <laughs> and goes after Strange. America and the 838 variant of Christine Palmer, Strange's ex-girlfriend. Strange attempts to get the Book of Ashanti, which can be used against the Darkhold's magic, but Wanda destroys it and captures America, sending Strange and Christine into another dimension. After Strange fights an evil variant of his, he realizes he has to use the Darkhold to stop Wanda. He dreamwalks into the corpse of a dead variant of his, making his way to a temple where Wanda has taken America. Together, they fight Wanda, and America manages to hone her power and place Wanda in her variant's home where Billy and Tommy see her Scarlet Witch form is monstrous. Wanda realizes how far she has gone and resolves to destroy every copy of the Darkhold, seemingly sacrificing herself and bringing the temple down. Strange parts with 838 Christine and helps Wong rebuild the Kamartage with other sorcerers with America training under them, which I thought was terrible. Like, it's like an interdimensional being and she's like learning how to 
It was strange. She's like better than that. Anyway, <laughs> um, strange then appears to be affected by the use of the dark hold. He grows a third eye like his sinister strange variant did. He's found by a sorceress named Clea, who tells him he created an incursion by using the dark hold, and she invites him to join her in the dark dimension. Okay, so that is the plot of Strange really, really fast. A lot of people work on a movie. We don't just want to start fixing a movie without giving people their proper due. What is one thing that you really, really liked about Doctor Strange? Geek Fluent Girl, go. Just all the the fan moments of like very Raimi, just when he becomes like the, the zombie and then he turns right. into like this awesome, like nightmarish, like sorcerer with all the many hands. Just so many cool moments. David Rosen? It's been almost a decade and we finally have a new Sam Raimi movie. There, there you go. Also, of course, Bruce Campbell. <laughs> yes. Yes. Pizza Papa. It finally stopped. <laughs> I agree that I loved the Raimi stuff, the crazy angles, the close-ups that are meant to cause anxiety and this, the over-exaggeratedness of all of it. Loved it. Raimi, he's back. MCU erection. All right, so um, so what do you say we fix this movie? What do you think? Yeah, yeah let's, fix it. let's do it. Yeah, let's commotion. My name is Dr. Stephen Strange. Supreme. My, the Geek Fluent Girl, why don't you give us your first fix for Dr. Strange in the multitudes of versimilitude? <laughs> uh, okay. So Wanda snaps out of it when her children see that she's like this horrible monster and she has like this awakening of like oh my gosh there's no way i could get these children to ever ever like love me so i'm just gonna give up everything her plan was weird like she was gonna go like murder another wanda and be like hey kids yep Yep. hang out with me (laughs) that's That's her plan yeah so obviously a lot of this movie was about like how she was grieving after vision because that's why she created like the whole like mm. westview fake city that's why she created yep. the fake children it was it, it was all because exactly. of exactly so couldn't we have had like maybe like another glimpse of vision actually kind of talking to wanda there had to been like a multiverse where vision was still alive just this universe had regular vision and white yeah. vision yeah I mean, like, there's, there's plenty yeah, of vision absolutely that's the fix is like how about we have like vision be able to kind of like help wanda see really what the true picture is going on okay. and so kind of tying in again about like how this is all because of her grief like i can picture it she comes in she's scaring her kids her other version is there with the cut on her forehead and Maybe she decides, okay, even though this is terrible, I'm going to go ahead and go through with this. I'm going to kill my other Wanda. And as she, like, stands up to do it, you hear Wanda at the door. Oh, yeah. And you turn, and Vision is at the door with, like, groceries for his family. And she turns around, and and Vision's there. And then, yeah, and then Vision can kind of talk her down from it with his, like, logical ways because he's so smart. Mm -hmm. But what is grief if not love? persevering it would be really really cool if he turned her around because you're right her whole grief was triggered from vision and hopefully he'd be wearing like a little sweater vest (laughs) trader joe's bags (laughs) some crocs the perfect suburban dad (laughs) david rosen from piecing it together one of the best movie podcasts there is on the whole planet. Gotta check it out. Please check it out. 
Tell them JC sent you. <laughs> I feel like we cue the, we're not worthy. <laughs> I mean, everyone, just listen to his voice, everyone. If you're not sweating or damp somewhere, okay. there's something wrong with you. What is your first <laughs> fix for Doctor Strange in the mountains of... Uh, in the mountains. Well, first of all, uh, who is Vision? I'm, I'm just kidding. I know Vision. But, you know, I didn't watch the show. So I don't, that, this whole thing has no bearing on, you know, anything from the first Doctor Strange movie. Yep. So I already kind of hinted at it. But, you know, I love Elizabeth Olsen. I think the Wanda character is great. It makes for some interesting mm-hmm. storytelling, a really great yeah. arc with the character. I love the whole scene of her slaughtering the Illuminati. I, I, she becomes like a total Raimi villain. There, there's so much great to mm-hmm. it. But if we just got rid of all of this tie to WandaVision, we'd, we'd be able to maybe focus more on Doctor Strange and Rachel McAdams, you know, romance. We'd be able to focus yeah. more on introducing the America Chavez character. <laughs> we'd be able to yeah. maybe introduce a villain that's going to create some connectivity for future Marvel movies. There's just so much more we could do if we didn't focus this entire movie on being a Wanda movie instead of a Doctor Strange movie. Yeah. Exactly. WandaVision season two. Yeah. So that's that's my fix. Get rid of all that stuff, even though it's great. Get rid of it. Put it in season two. Like you said, uh, it doesn't need to be here. As much as it pains my whole heart to not get more screen time of Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah. Because I want her in everything that I watch every day. I sound disgusting and creepy. <laughs> what else is new? Insert... Pornhub draws. <laughs> Gross. JC, what's your fix? My fix is this. So this movie is called, and I keep on getting it wrong, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. But we don't get a lot of mad multiverses. We don't get a lot of crazy multiverses at all. We spend most of the movie in one universe that's similar to ours, except the stoplight color is different and everybody likes gardening. Like there's plants everywhere. (laughs) So we spend time in this like eco New York where the stoplights are different. I mean, it's not very imaginative at all like she even eats pizza balls there's a hundred different recipes for pizza balls online right now (laughs) that's not even different good keto snack yeah so anyway so just i wanted a story where the plot keeps on progressing through jumping from multiverse to multiverse to, to multiverse really getting wild with it really getting imaginative with it throwing in stuff directly from marvel comics that would just make you jump out of your seat like how about they go to a universe that is in the grips of the age of ultron storyline where ultron and his sentinels control the whole planet and superheroes are underground or how about they visit larval earth where there exists croctor strange a crocodile doctor strange there you go now we've got a loki mm-hmm. tie-in because there was alligator yep. loki mm-hmm. you don't know that rosen because no. you didn't watch any we're just series. spoiling everything for i you. mean <laughs> I mean, there's in the comics, there's Earth 15121 where Thanos is an Avenger. There's a mind fuck for you. How about Earth 2301, the Mangaverse? Give us an anime film for a stretch of it. There's Earth 12101 where Deadpool kills everyone. Now there's a big cameo that we need right there. And because this is Sam Raimi, why don't we do, and it's been done in the What If series, something that you also don't know because you don't watch Disney, but go to a multiverse that is the Marvel zombies and make that whole zombie universe be the experience that gives him the light bulb idea of dreamwalking into dead strange on earth 616. 
It's a no-brainer to do Marvel Zombies with Sam Raimi, for Christ's sake. I just don't think that you can really call this any kind of multiverse of madness, and you're not really playing around with many different multiverses. There's just that one sequence where they go smashing through, like, ten of them in a row. That scene lasts three minutes, yeah. and that's it. And that's as mad as we get as far as multiverses go. And I just, you know, don't call this multiverse of madness. Call it Doctor Strange dark hold or, or something bland like that yeah but don't get me all hyped up for multiverses and craziness if we're gonna go to basically one yeah i i actually almost was going to make one of my fixes something very similar to this because i, I completely agree they're in like two different multiverses throughout the whole thing yep. and and they're not that different from one another and no that so yeah i, I completely agree and I mean, the only difference is in that universe, apparently fire extinguishers are super strong <laughs> because Rachel McAdams tries to break America Chavez out of a holding cell for superheroes <laughs> with a fire extinguisher. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The Geek Fluent Girl, my, what is your second fix for Doctor Strange? And the multitudes of <laughs> McGovern's. <laughs> All right. Play more with like Wong's character. Yes, he's the Sorcerer Supreme. You can see that like Doctor Strange is like, he's kind of awkward about everything with it. Maybe have Wong have a bit more of a backbone because he pretty much like, why did he sacrifice like his comitage like followers right the comitage whatever I, I always get that name wrong fight was terrible like i don't understand why in these fights suddenly wanda is just shooting red hand bullets and they're shooting magic light arrows and and making a turtle shell i'm like it's it's <laughs> a turtle shell. It's, it's terrible this is supposed to be like a magic fight it was a little weak and that's one of my biggest problems like going forward like i i've you know i'm not the biggest superhero guy but like i've enjoyed most of these mcu movies but as they get more into like the magic stuff and the uh, outer space stuff and all that kind of stuff and the multiverse what are the rules to any of their their powers or anything like that it's like yeah he's shooting a red beam or a blue beam like what do any of them mean other than it's just you know insert one into the other they're they're all kind of the same i'm actually surprised that marvel is going into multiverses and this and that because this this always becomes a problem with the comics they need more spider-man titles and they they want to play around with these characters and do different things and you end up with the way they explain that as though this guy's in this multiverse and we've got another dimension that's how they're able to make different comics issues to sell right it ends up so convoluted that they end up having to have this massive event where they reset and they did that with secret wars where they reset everything in the comics that they even said like oh yeah miles morales he was in another universe he's now in the in the six ones like they do this in the comics where everything gets so out of whack that they have to reset mm -hmm. i feel like this whole storyline leaning so heavy into the multiverse is just taking the worst habits of the comics and bringing it into m movies. And then we're ending up with things like you, David. If you miss one series, you've no idea what's going on. C but clearly, that $185 million opening weekend, nobody cares. <laughs> it's just me that cares. Yeah. So. Nobody cares yet. Yeah. But confuse people enough, and it's eventually going to stop. Right. Yeah. yeah, it'll burst at some point. 
Also, talking about being confused about multiverse stuff, how come most of Loki's variants were all different? All three Peter Parkers are different people. But why is every Doctor Strange Benedict Cumberbatch? <laughs> that, that would have been a perfect spot for another Bruce cameo. Yep. Give me some sugar, baby. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Exactly. It, oh, my God. If Bruce Campbell was one of the Doctor Stranges, this becomes my favorite movie of all <laughs> yeah, times. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> How many times can he say groovy in this script? <laughs> David Rosen, I just want to say my curly hair just goes up and up like a fro. Yours lays down yeah. like a gorgeous South American soccer player. Talk about variants, right? Just two of us. <laughs> oh, no. I'm the bad timeline, Rosen. <laughs> anyway, what is your second fix for Doctor Strange and the multiverse of monotony? This is one of those fixes that I know would never happen in a million years, but uh, I'm, I'm going to use it anyway. Uh, and that is give Sam Raimi 100% total control of everything going on Whoa. here and just make it a Sam Raimi movie that doesn't need to connect to everything in the MCU. I already talked yeah. about the connection to WandaVision, but everything else too. Yeah. Just make a wacky jumping across multiverses action movie with this character named Doctor Strange and throw a couple other Marvel characters in there too. Or don't. Just say, Raimi, pick one of the comic storylines that you like. Do it. Yeah, you already did Spider-Man and rocked it. Like, go for yeah. it. Yeah. Take the handcuffs off, Raimi. <laughs> yes. Let his armies of darkness just run roughshod over this film, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Let everybody have a boomstick. Yes. <laughs> there you go. We're over boomstick budget, Mr. <laughs> Rainey. <laughs> what is your second fix, JC? You're asking me? Yes. You can't host and produce every show, <laughs> Rosen. I won't rest until I am <laughs> the host of every podcast. <laughs> All of them are for my own. Okay, so... Here is my final fix, and unfortunately, I'm probably going to change this whole movie. What? <laughs> because I wanted this to actually be more of a follow-up to Doctor Strange 1, so what I tried to do was marry what was introduced in Doctor Strange 1 with some of the multiverse stuff, okay? So this is my fix. First of all, where was Baron Mordo, Earth-616 Baron Mordo? He's set up at the end of Doctor Strange 1 as his adversary, Stephen Strange even tells America Chavez that Mordo has vowed to kill him. There was an interview where somebody asked Ogiofor himself about the whereabouts of 616 Mordo, and he's like, oh, he survived the snap, so he's busy doing stuff. Five years, he's just busy. I'm like, okay, well, busy killing magic wielders, like he said he was going to do at the end of the first one. But his enemy number one is back. So I want Mordo to have given Strange a pass since he helped save the world with the snap stuff and Thanos. But after he ripped open the multiverse and allowed beings to enter for Spider-Man, he couldn't let that slide. So he returns to kill Strange. Where? At the wedding in the beginning, because Strange isn't at the Sanctum, so it's a good place to kill him. They begin to have a fight, and that's when America and the One-Eyed Monster appear in the city. So they have to put their fight on hold. They kill Giganto or whatever the eyeball monster is. The holder. And America. <laughs> What's that? The holder. Because it looks like a D&D &D villain. Sorry. All right. Hey, there we go. Uh, nerd. <laughs> yeah. That's why you're fluent in geek. 
so you know they kill the eyeball monster and america is actually knocked out in the scuffle strange says he recognizes the runes and he goes to talk to wanda mordo is distrustful of strange of course and he takes america to the calmatage the ta- what is it the hogwarts of this place karmatage karmatage yeah, takes them to the karma <laughs> hogwarts he takes him to the Kalmataj, and Mordo says he doesn't have a side. He just wants to talk to the Sorcerer Supreme, Wong, and check the library for what America might be because they saw her warp in with a star or whatever. They get her awake, and she reveals that she was sent to bring Strange back to another universe because someone has been dreamwalking from this universe, and they think it's Strange because Strange in their own timeline is distrusted and was already killed due to his involvement in dreamwalking causing incursions. America is actually, her powers are controlled by Professor X, and he's able to use her to do these things for the Illuminati. Strange Mordo and America learn that it's Wanda that has been dreamwalking from reality to reality, trying to find the version of her life that has her kids that need her. Like, they don't have their own mom. That's what she's looking for, and she finds it. So she needs to try to capture America so she can get there without dreamwalking, but that's going to cause an incursion and that's really the plot of the story is to stop her from causing an incursion and in this way too she's not trying to kill the second version of herself but you know mordo is a bad guy so in the end mordo tries to kill wanda and strange and imprison america strange saves wanda wong saves america mordo succeeds in killing strange dun dun Mm. dun because the bill will be due yes we did it no price to pay We broke our rules just like her. The bill comes due. Leaving an incredible cliffhanger. And then in the post-credit scene, Clea cuts through reality and pulls Strange's body through. And that is my fix on how to bring Mordo into this tale and also sprinkling in the Wanda stuff. What do you guys think? He always has the best final fix, doesn't he? He always has to show up the guest. (laughs) What? He's like, I'm going to turn it all around. He figured the perfect way to rewrite this. It's my show. (laughs) I hope I'm the best. Come on. No, that's really great, though, Like because it it incorporates all of the things that are in this movie just in more natural ways that flow better and Mm -hmm. like kind of balances everything out. Thanks. Thank you. Without further ado, I think we should consider this movie Screen Fix. Screen Fix! Yeah! Woo! Do you have a final thought for Doctor Strange, my The Geek Fluent Girl? More Bruce Campbell, please. Do you have a final thought for Doctor Strange to David Rosen, host of the best podcast there is, piecing it together? He's got to go record something soon because he's always busy. We just squeeze him in. What's your final thought? I would come up with something else, but I'm also going to echo that same sentiment. More Bruce Campbell, please. More Bruce Campbell. (laughs) My final thought is this. It's kind of a depressing note, but Marvel's got a Marvel. America Chavez's co-creator, Joe Casey, was not paid for her appearance in the film because he rejected the compensation offer. Hmm. He described it as, quote, unquote, pittance. Ouch. So Marvel... Not a great track record of doing any of its its comic book creators, artists well. I mean, there's always like lawsuits going on and this and that. So poor guy, America Chavez. She's a cool character. I liked her. Great. 
All right, so anyway, let me just go ahead and wrap things up. Guest David Rosen, you are always fantastic. I love to see your shining face, newly married. You can see the glow just flying off of you. She's one lucky lady. You've got to be one lucky guy. But why don't you tell us where people can find you? I mean, where can't they find you, really? Yeah. But let everybody know about Piecing Pod and everything else that you're involved with. Go. Yes, piecing it together. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Of course, follow us on social media at Piecing Pod. Join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. And uh, you can also check out my music at bydavidrosen.com. All right. And thank you, of course, Geek Fluent Girl Mai, for your co hosting. And of course, you can find me online at JC ScreenFix. You can find the podcast at ScreenFix Pod. And the ScreenFix Pod is available probably wherever you found it today. You can also find us on Facebook. I'm trying to start this group called Fixing Movies. It's not working. It's fine. But there's also Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, which is the the group on Facebook that is run by David Rosen himself. Lively film conversation there. Check it out. Let's leave everybody with your best Bruce Campbell groovy. Go ahead. David Rosen from Piecing It Together. Groovy. That's cool. Geek Fluent Girl, do it. Groovy. Not bad. Okay. Here's mine. Groovy. I don't know. Was, that, was, that was okay. It wasn't, it wasn't fantastic. It'll anyway, be. stay tuned for another episode of Screen Fix. Thanks for joining us. Bye, everybody. I don't have his first name in here. Waldron. Yeah, some some dork.